You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Well, Father, I thank you for every single listener of this broadcast today. And I thank you that this is a divine appointment. I just declare that it is. I thank you that you are drawing people uh, to this to this broadcast today, Father, because you have things to do through their lives. You have blessings that you want to um, have them enjoy. And Father, they already have everything that heaven contains because heaven is inside of them. And so I know, Father, that you can't get frustrated because you always operate in the fruit of the Spirit. But I also know that it must be a little frustrating for you, Father, to have seen Jesus and been inside of Jesus on the cross and watched him suffer and watched him be crucified for every single thing that would ever separate us from you and basically take into his body the curse and sin and all of the things that we associate with that Lord so that we could live in heaven as a right now reality, Father. Thank you that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And because of that reality, Father, that means that we have everything that heaven contains at our disposal, Father. Thank you that we are designed to be a walking miracle. We're designed to be a walking manifest manifester of, of heaven on earth, Father. We are here to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the leper and do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works, Father. That means that we are here to provide for others. We are here to do uh, the seemingly impossible things that Jesus did. And we are here to demonstrate that he is alive, that he, he is who he says he is, and that we are citizens of heaven, that we are joint heirs with Jesus, that heaven is a right now reality. And so, Father, I'm just asking you to get this um, message out clearly today, Father. Um, set us straight today, Father. Uh, just uh, heal our vision, Father. Let us see things really clearly. Help us understand it. Help us understand how simple it is to manifest heaven on earth. That this is this is something that we do in union with you. This is something that we do through our intention and through our words, Father. We are creative. And so, Father, help us get it today. Help us help us get it in a really simple way, Father. It's so simple that even kids could do it. And I just pray that you would speak through me today, that you would think through my mind, and that, Father, this would be a revelatory message for every single person that's listening, and that, Father, the result of it would be heaven on earth. The result of it would be mass of testimonies, that it would be uh, all kinds of things that heaven contains becoming tangible in our lives, whether that's finances, whether that's physical health, Father, whether that's relational harmony, whatever it is, whatever's in heaven, Father, I declare and I just decree today, Father, that this is a message that is going to produce much fruit in every single listener's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. I'm excited about today's message. I got fired up. If you can't tell, even in my prayer, I'm fired up about today's message. But I have a really, a really simple goal today. I, I know I'll be talking about some things that aren't maybe as simple as the goal that I have today. But my goal is to make uh, manifesting easy for you. Okay, I'm going to give you this formula, and as I said in kind of the description of this podcast, I'm not really into formulas when it relates to our relationship with God because, you know, religion loves a floor, uh, formula, separation loves a formula because then it's like something we can do independent from God. And I'm I, I'm not like super big on formulas because I'm all about, you know, what's next, Papa? And, you know, just flowing with the Holy Spirit and, you know, but here's the truth. I mean, every miracle that Jesus did 
he was operating in spiritual laws and spiritual laws um, are, are like gravity, right? They work, they work all the time, whether you are aware of it or not. I mean, if you jump off a building, guess what? Law of gravity is gonna work, even if it wasn't your intention for it to work. And so the manifestation, the law of manifestation, you know, what the Bible calls is really, it's the law of faith, right? It's, it's this law of manifesting that is happening all the time. And so I want us to really understand how that law works from like a scientific formula perspective so that you can begin to recognize how it's working, right? If you, if you want to know how to harness the law of gravity and, and you, you master that, that law, well, guess what? You can fly. The law of lift supersedes the law of gravity. And so the more that you understand about the law, the more that you can actually work, have that work to your advantage because you just understand it. It's like you understand the language of God. You understand how God works, how God thinks. Because God is a God of faith. God doesn't think thoughts that he doesn't want to manifest. God doesn't speak words that he doesn't want to manifest. God understands that he is a creative being and that what he thinks manifests and what he speaks works. And so, you know, having an understanding of how manifestation works just simply helps you harness the things that, that, that God is doing through you. So I want to jump off with this like really simple formula if you will, for manifestation that comes out of scripture. And this is a, there are two, there are really two scriptures that I could say that um, are really life changing scriptures. If you take some time to really dig into them and get them inside of you. And when I say get them inside of you, I mean, memorize them. I mean, really spend some time getting this principle, getting this law, getting this law of manifestation into you. So the first one is Mark eleven twenty three, and then we're going to read through Mark eleven twenty four. And when I say we should have these in memory, we just should, right? Because these are very, very powerful uh, insights into the way manifestation works. And so Jesus is teaching his disciples these principles after he, um, it's in Mark 11, and it was right after he spoke to a fig tree and it withered up at the root, okay? Now, I'm not going to read the story. You can go back and read the context of this story. But what happened was, is when the disciples walked by the next day and saw this fig tree withered at the root, they were like astonished that this, this happened because they saw Jesus speak to it. And so when you're talking about the law of manifestation or you're talking about being a manifester, these two scriptures are going to really introduce to you the principles that Jesus used that were in operation when he manifested, you know, a, a fig tree withering at the root. In other words, he was dematerializing. He was causing something that was existing in the scene realm to no longer exist in the scene realm. Okay, so manifesting works both ways. You can cause something that does exist in the scene realm to no longer exist, and you can cause something that doesn't exist in, um, in the scene realm yet to actually um, exist. Okay, so it changes, manifesting changes the scene realm. It is a creative force called the force of faith that changes the scene realm. And so here's the scriptures that Jesus said, okay? In Mark eleven twenty three, he says this, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Okay, 
I don't want us to over-spiritualize the scripture. I just want us to take it at face value. Okay, I'm reading out of the NIV translation because it's really simple and I wanted you to get it today. But here he's saying this, this is a truth. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Now, Jesus is saying this in the context of him saying, you know, speaking to a fig tree, no one will ever eat fruit of you again. That's what he spoke to the fig tree. And guess what? What he's saying is, is that he didn't doubt in his heart that when he spoke to that fig tree, that what he said was going to happen. And because he didn't doubt in his heart that what he said was going to happen, what he said was going to happen actually happened. Okay. That is the very first rule of manifestation that there is this, um, integrity integrity with our words that we have a high value on our speech and we believe that what we say is going to happen okay so the very first thing you have to believe is that my speech is powerful and that what i say comes to pass okay if you don't believe that well this doesn't work for you because it only works for people that believe that they are going to have what they say so if you want to know how to manifest you need to begin to um, have a belief in what you say. Now, I have given examples of this in previous episodes of our podcast. One time I talked about um, the rug that I have in my living room that my dogs just all of a sudden decided that that would be a great place to go to the bathroom. And it's a really, really nice rug. And I talk about how I was so frustrated over this because, you know, one day I put a gate up and then the girls left, my girls left the gate open and the dog's dog went in there and peed. And I was like, so, you know, so upset about it. I'm scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing. And then finally I make this, I remember this and I'm like, oh, wait a second, I'm going to speak to this. And I remember the Holy Spirit, like just bringing this to my remembrance. And I'm like, okay, in Jesus name, I command that, that, that these stains to come off of this rug. And it literally disappeared. And I'm telling you, I had used every kind of cleaner. Blah, blah, blah. I've used that testimony before. Another time, I've used a really simple example about getting my washing machine to spin <laughs> and how it get, just kept getting unbalanced. And then I finally, after 20 times, decided I would speak to it. So why? Because I have a value and an understanding that my words have power when I speak in Jesus' name and that when I say something, if I believe it's going to happen, that it happens. That this is a law that Jesus taught after he cursed the fig tree. So if you have a problem with this, don't have a problem with me. Have a problem with Jesus because I'm just reading what he said. Okay. Now, again, it only works if you believe what you're going to say. So if you have doubt around this, it's not going to work. Okay. So this is just a foundational principle that when you say something and you believe what you say, you're going to have what you say. Now, let me also say this. It also works in reverse. So if you say something that you don't want and, you know, like you really don't want it in your heart and you say it, but you believe that that's going to happen, like I'm going to route a money. I never have enough money. Like I can't believe that I can never pay my bills. Right. If you say those kinds of things and you believe in your heart that you're that that's true. Guess what? You're going to have what you say negatively, too. OK, now someone's people are asking some questions right now and I can I'll, I'll talk about that at the end of end of I'll, I'll come back to that. But I want to stick with what I'm sharing right now. So the second principle that I want to introduce is in Mark eleven twenty four. It says, therefore, I tell you. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Okay. This is another scripture that you need to memorize. Therefore, I ask you, whatever, whatsoever things you desire and pray, believe that you, whatever, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Okay. I have a, the NIV translation that I read for. 
read from, but that second time I said it, that came right out of my heart, okay? Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So this one has to, has, has to do with something that I think a lot of people miss, miss, okay? Now, first of all, it says, therefore, whatever you ask for in prayer. So I think a lot of times people don't know if what they're asking for in prayer is God's will or not. So let me just talk about this. It says, what whatever you ask for in prayer. Okay. So he didn't put conditions on this. Now with that said, let's talk about what is, what, what is okay to ask for? Well, what's okay to ask for is anything that's in heaven. Okay. Jesus prayed that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In the amplified version, it says, whatsoever things you bind on earth it are, must already be bound in heaven. Whatsoever things you loose on earth must be already bound in heaven. I mean, already loosed in heaven. In other words, that if it's legal in heaven, it's legal here on earth. If it's illegal in heaven, it's illegal here on earth. So things that are illegal in heaven are things like sickness or things like that are under the curse, right? And so um, when you're asking for something in prayer, you know, John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I, you know, but Jesus said, I am he, I come to give you life. So if it has, if it pertains to life, if it pertains to godliness, if it pertains to the fruit of the spirit, if it pertains to love, if it pertains to goodness, things that glorify God, you know, poverty doesn't glorify God. Sickness doesn't glorify God. Suffering doesn't glorify God. You know, Jesus went about healing all of those that were oppressed by the devil. Jesus, whenever he encountered lack, whether he was cursing a fig tree or he was feeding the multitude, or he was telling Peter to go find a fish and pay his taxes out of the a coin that he would find in his mouth, like Jesus was constantly releasing heaven's reality in the midst of circumstances that were contrary to heaven. So I, that's just a rule of thumb, like, right? You can't like, you know, don't ask for your, you know, best friend's husband. Don't ask for, you know, permission to go rob a bank. I mean, don't ask I me. Mean, this is so obvious, but I have to say it because, you know, whenever you don't say it, people always want to say, come and try to say something. So I'm just going to put it out there. You know, just ask things that are in line with love, joy, peace, patience, righteousness, the things that are, are, are that glorify Jesus. Okay. And the things that we struggle with, poverty, sickness, you know, relational disharmony, you know, all of these things that, that strife, these things that we know cause suffering. Those are the things that we're, we're overcoming with heaven. You know, look at Jesus's life. Jesus healed all that came to him. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus provided for people's needs. Jesus is our example. Jesus was doing the will of the Father. And so we can just, if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's not, okay? And just use your common sense. I know that you get this, okay? So the second thing that I want to say about this, it says, you know, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, it says, believe that you've received it and it will be yours, okay? So you ask believe, receive, and you get it, okay? Four steps. You ask, you believe, you receive, and then you get it. Let me say it again. You ask, you uh, believe, you receive, <laughs> right? And then you get it. You ask, you believe, you receive, you get it. Now let's break that down a moment, okay? So this ask, by the way, if you look at it in the Greek, it's more like more of like a demand. I know people have big problems making demands from God, but let me let me interject something here. 
What if you've already been given everything you're ever going to ask for? What if everything that heaven contains has already been lavished upon you in Christ? Ephesians 1, I think it's 1, 3. It might be 1, 4. But the point is that in Christ, we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light, put into the kingdom of God's dear son. Heaven is with us right now. So we're not trying to get something we don't already have. We're just simply manifesting what's already been provided. Okay, healing was provided on the cross 2,000 years ago. Freedom from poverty was, was, was provided 2,000 years ago. So the idea that you don't have something is really the idea that you have it, but it's an invisible. It's a spiritual reality. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Again, Ephesians 1.3, meaning it's invisible. The kingdom of heaven is invisible. Your provision is invisible. When you look at your bank accounts, that's not all that you have. When you look at a doctor's report, that's just simply a fact in the natural realm. And so you have all of the provision for healing that's ever going to be provided. You have all of the provision for finances that are ever going to be provided. And you have dominion over the seen realm. So manifesting is not getting something that you don't have. It's materializing something that's invisible. Or it's dematerializing something that is visible. Right? It's seeing the unseen. That's what faith is. Faith sees the unseen, believes in something that is unseen yet, and then takes it by faith. So when it says believe that you receive it and it says ask, right, it's saying demand something to materialize or demand something to dematerialize. Back in Mark eleven twenty two, you know, some translations say have faith in God, but the best trans translations say have the faith of God, meaning that we simply are operating with the faith that God has, that when he says something, it happens, that when we demand something to appear or we believe something is going to appear and we act like we've already have it or we believe that we receive it, well, then it manifests and then we have it in the tangible form. Okay, so whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, when you ask, when you demand, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. So how do you believe that you receive it? Well, you you get it, right? You just, you, you, you say, I have it. And the way that I do it is that I visualize it and I see it. So I use my spiritual eyes to visualize me actually having it, right? So if I was asking God for a new phone, I happen to have my phone right here, and I'm gonna say, okay, I am... I ask for a new phone, okay? I demand a new phone. I need a new phone, okay? Heaven is full of every single thing I need, okay? So I am asking for a new phone. Now, right this moment, I don't have the phone in my physical possession, but I can have it with my spiritual eyes. So I can say, oh, look at my new phone. Isn't it pretty? I can, even though I don't have it, I'm just holding up an imaginary phone. I can say, oh yeah, this is the home screen. This is where I check my email. This is how I make a call. I can, I can actually, you know, do like dialing on my phone. I can, hi, who's there? Oh yeah, I can actually, you know, pretend that I'm making, it sounds like I'm pretending, but I'm just go with this for me, with me for a minute. So I'm making a phone call on my new phone and I hang it up and put it in my wallet or put it in my purse, right? What? I, I mean, I know it seems ridiculous, but this is me having the phone before I have the phone. And if I have the phone in my mind, in my heart, and I believe that I have the phone, I've got the phone. I've got this phone. I know you can't see it yet, but I've got the phone. 
And if I thank God for my phone, thank you, Lord, that I have this phone. I love my new phone. My phone is amazing. I love that it gets great reception. I love that it's so organized and the way that it can actually, um, you know, connect me with FaceTime with my loved ones. I just love this so much. Well, guess what? As I spend time, like I already have this, guess what happens? Voila, it appears. Now, how it appears is not up to me. You know what? I may have someone give me a phone. I may have the money come in for the phone. I may get a coupon in the mail that says, hey, you get a free phone when you sign up for two years for Verizon. I don't know how it's all going to happen. And frankly, I don't really care. My job is just to believe that I receive it. And when I act like I've got it, when I visualize that I have it, when I enjoy it and get into the state of gratitude that I already have it, well, then I'm enjoying it like I already have it. And that means I've received it. And so receiving it is something, it's spiritual work. The work is done in the spirit and it's done through gratitude. It's done through visualization and it's got, got done through this, this belief, building this belief that you already have something that you can't yet see in the material realm. Okay. So you ask, or in other words, you make a demand of what you already have in heaven. You believe that you receive it and then it shows up. Okay. So you ask or make a demand. You believe right? You receive it and you have it. And so Mark eleven twenty four is really this formula for having whatever you ask for, whatsoever things you desire, right? It says, you know, whosoever will speak to this mountain. So these are laws and principles that work universally. Okay. They work universally that when you speak and you believe that you're going to have what you say, you have it. That when you ask and you believe that you receive it, that you have it. And so these are the script, the scriptural foundations for manifesting, manifesting. Now, let's talk about some things that are some, I don't know, nuances to this. Okay. I had someone here in the comments ask me, does this work for relationships or just things that are material? So here's the thing. Okay. We are not to, we are not here to control other people. Okay. So. You, manifesting something against um, another person's will is really not how we want to do things, okay? We don't want to just self-direct something and manifest something. But I will say this, you know, God has desires for other people. And I'll tell you what is what is okay to do. You can always manifest uh, in another person's life. You can stand, in other words, for another person to experience God, to come into the knowledge of the truth, to you can see them the way that Jesus sees them. You can pray for them to have the revelation of the things that they need for them to be set free, right? I mean, let's talk about this, for example. Let's say that a person is steeped in addiction, okay? Well, it's obviously we want to see them um sober. We want to see them without that addiction. Like that's kind of a no brainer, right? Like we want to see them worshiping God. We want to see them encountering God. We want to see them uh, prospering in their life. We want to see them experiencing heaven on earth. Like those things, of course, those are things that you can, can pray for. But where it gets a little gray is when you start trying to manifest a person as your wife or you start, I mean, people do this, you know, where I, God told me this is my husband. And then all of a sudden they start, you know, standing for this and manifesting this when maybe this person hasn't been told the same thing by God. So we need to be really careful about imposing our will and packaging that up 
as like, this is God, you know, like when it comes to some kind of personal uh, gain or personal involvement, that something that you get out of that relationship, right? Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't tell you that someone's that your husband, heck, he did that with me and my husband. But here's the thing, it's different than me trying to impose and, you know, manipulate something into being versus surrendering that to God. And if that is God's will, just coming into agreement with that and like putting that, okay, God, I just trust that that's going to happen. And so that's not a control thing. That's very different than saying, you know what, these bills are paid in Jesus' name. So I hope, I don't want to spend a ton of time on that, but hopefully that just little clarification helps you. Um, understand the difference. So we, you know, it's called self-control. It's not control and manipulating of other people. Okay. But today, I, you know, most of the time when I'm talking about manifesting things, I'm really talking about manifesting the prophetic words that God has spoken over your life. Uh, I'm talking about things that you are in agreement with. I'm talking about manifesting uh, prosperity. I'm talking about manifesting uh, divine health. I'm talking about practical things like you know, the washing machine isn't working. My car's broken down. I don't know where to get it. I need new tires. I mean, just living from another reality. And so, but I will say this, this, this principle works for us and it works against us when we believe it. Okay. And what I want to talk about in the, the last part of our, our time together today is I want to talk about fear. And I want to talk about that what faith is and what fear is because they are very closely related with, and, and many times we don't realize this. And it's, it, I think the way the Lord taught me about it was just this idea that when we fear something, we have faith in something. Okay. So let's say that we have fear that we're not going to have enough money. Well, guess what? We have faith that we're not going to have enough money. Say that we have a fear that we have a certain diagnosis and we're not going to get healed from that. We have faith in that disease then, right? We have faith that cancer is incurable. We have faith that, you know, I can only not have seizures if I take this medication. Like we have faith in the medical system, even though but most of that faith that's in the medical system is driven by fear rather than what Bible would, you know, the Bible would call faith. And the thing that I want us to try to, the nuance in this is that I want you to kind of realize that faith and fear are still faith. It's just faith in the thing that you don't want instead of the thing that you do want. It's the same with belief, right? Belief and unbelief are still beliefs, right? Belief is just the thing that, you know, you want to believe. We're a believer and unbelievers, meaning they believe the wrong thing, right? Or we have unbelief. We we have belief in the wrong thing. Like we believe I'm never going to get ahead in my bills. So belief and unbelief are both belief and faith and fear are both faith. And so because of that, when you start to understand that whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. It's talking about belief in the positive direction, meaning believe that you're going to have the things that you desire rather than believing the thing, believing that you're going to have the things that you don't desire, meaning you're going to believe things that you don't want, right? So unbelief would be believing things that you don't want. And so why is that important? It's because belief is always working. Faith is always working. So whether it's fear or it's faith or whether it's belief or unbelief, these principles are always working. You know, last episode, I talked about the placebo effect and the nocebo effect. And that's a really great example of 
you know, how fear and faith, you know, basically are the same thing and how belief and unbelief are still belief. Because the placebo effect, we know this, right? It's when you take a sugar pill, all of a sudden, you know, you believe that that, that pill is going to make you well, and then all of a sudden you get well, right? The nosubo effect is where you believe yourself sick. In the same way you believe yourself well, you can believe yourself sick. And what, I mean, we live in a day and age, you guys, where science is beginning to study these principles. It's beginning to study because of quantum because of uh, quantum physics, right? We're beginning to understand that the universe is conscious of human intention. We're, we're beginning to understand that at a quantum level that, um, you know, particles are, are manifesting and collapsing based upon human observation. And I don't have time to teach on tons of quantum physics today, but I'm telling you that science is beginning to back up what the Bible has taught. Right. And, and it, that that human observation, human intention actually affects the material realm. And so the force of faith and the force of fear work the same way. They manifest based upon our energetic alignment with that thing. Faith is measurable. Fear is measurable. Peace is measurable. Joy is measurable. There's an electromagnetic frequency, magnetic frequency that is that can be measured with every single emotion, with every single intention. Thoughts we may think are immaterial or intangible, but they have frequencies. So there is an effect of our think of our thinking on the material realm. There is an effect of our intention on the material realm. I mean, there's been experiments done that show that plants respond to human intention, to our to our thoughts. And there's been experiments done to say that yogurt responds to human intention and human thoughts. I mean, there's been experiments done that creation responds to our words. If you've ever seen experiments about, you know, speaking to two dishes of rice and cursing one and blessing the other or uh, playing rock music or Beethoven for water molecules like these are. Science is, is backing up what Jesus operated in and what Jesus taught. And so the truth is, is that, um, you know, this is why, um, you know, we don't experience uh, union with Jesus until we actually focus on union with Jesus or we abide in union with Jesus simply by shifting our focus. Like the moment we go, oh yeah, Jesus is in me. The resurrected Lord Jesus is in me. Like the moment that I begin to focus on my oneness with Jesus, guess what begins to manifest? Like our focus in worship and we begin to worship God and we begin to glorify God. Well, guess what manifests? The tangible presence of God. Why? Because of human intention and human focus. Like where our focus goes, our energy goes. And what I mean by energy is I mean our electromagnetic uh, frequency goes. The, there is a, a wave of energy that is coming out of us that interacts with the universe, interacts with creation, interacts with the seen realm. Like physical beings are spiritual beings and we are constantly interacting with our physical surroundings. And this works if you believe it and if it doesn't when you don't. And if you want to know what your when I when I say it doesn't when you don't, um, it's still working when you don't. Like it, it's kind of like that quote that says, "If you believe you can have it, or if you can't, either way you're right." Okay, it's is this function of belief, this function of faith is working either way. So even to say I don't believe it, it's actually working. <laughs> you're getting what you believe. <laughs> and so I just want to want to make it really simple today, right? That. When you speak to something, if you believe what you say will come to pass, it comes to pass. 
If you ask for something and you believe that you have it, you will have it. Okay. It's very, very, very simple. Okay. Now it's not so necessarily easy in its execution uh, because what happens sometimes when we say something or what's happened sometimes when we uh, begin to receive something is that all of the unbelief that we have starts to creep in, right? So all of the things that tell us this isn't working, going to tell us, well, you just can't do that or you just can't have that. You, you know what? You don't deserve money. What that, you know what? Y- you, you smoke. So you don't, you don't deserve to get healed from cancer. Like all of this doubt, all of this unbelief starts to creep in. It, it actually is a confrontation with unbelief when you begin to speak the truth, when you begin to speak things into existence, when you begin to believe something that you can't see that you actually have it. I mean, your mind is like, you're nuts. Like, what are you doing? You don't have that phone. You're nuts, right? The, the doctor said you have three months to live. Like, this is this is cancer you're talking about. Like, this is crazy. Like, all of that unbelief, it, it, it's a confrontation with our own heart. It's a confrontation with, you know, what do we actually believe? And are we going to stick with it when things look contrary? When, we're been, when we've been standing, it's nothing's happening. Are we still, are we going to doubt? Are we going to still stay in that place of no, like, I've got it. No, it is working. No, I spoke to it. It is happening right now. Okay, so the the seen realm is designed to be dominated by us, but doubt, guess what? It sends out confusion. And so the seen realm's like, I don't know what to do. Does she have it? Does she not have it? Is she telling me to do this or is she telling me to do that? Like what what the heck is happening here? And so doubt is just a confusing, confusing frequency. And it's not, it's not a, a focused intention. It's not a set intention. And so that doubt and that confusion just interrupts, it interrupts it, right? And it goes out into something called the field of potentiality, or it goes out into the matrix or the field as, as quantum physics, physicists call it. And there's a mixed message that's happening. So it's still working. And that's the problem with unbelief, right? That's the problem with doubt. And that's why Jesus always spoke against it. Peter, why did you doubt when you were walking on water? Okay, bring the boy to me, you perverse and wicked generation. How much, much, much longer must I suffer you? Bring the boy to me. Let me heal him. You deaf and dumb spirit, come out, right? So Jesus was always kind of rebuking his disciples and correcting them. Where's your faith, right? He spoke to the storm. The disciples were scared. He's like, where's your faith? Where's your faith? He's trying to teach them. You can do the same things that I can do. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. You can feed the multitude. You can walk on water. You can do everything that I'm doing. The difference is, is that I don't doubt what I say. The difference is, is that I only see what I want to manifest. I know what I'm going to do to feed this multitude because I see when I hold this bread up, I see it multiplying as soon as I give it to them. And I know that what I see always manifests. So I have Jesus understood and had faith in his ability and his union with the father to dominate the seen realm. Still a storm, no problem. But when we, when we say things and when we do it right, that doubt creeps in and that's what it means to be a disciple. It means to walk with Jesus in union with Jesus, do the same things as Jesus is doing the same way he did it, right? By believing it. So of course we struggle with seeing something in the physical and it being contrary to the thing that we're believing for. Why? Because we have physical senses, we have emotions, we have a physical body. We live in two dimensions. And truth be told, most of us trust in our physical senses, most of us trust in the material realm more than we do the spiritual realm. 
We have learned and been programmed to, to believe that the seen realm is the real realm. We haven't really sat with the reality that the spiritual realm is what created all of this and it's way more powerful. So when I what I see in the spirit is way more powerful than what I see in the natural. What I speak, even though it's just words, it's way more powerful than what I see in the natural. But that is a programming, that's a belief that has to get undone. We have to believe in these principles. And I have been mentored and I have been fathered and I have been in this work now for two decades. And I can tell you, I was taught and I practice and now I teach others like, gosh, everything that I'm sitting in in my house right now is a manifestation of the goodness of God and just having a vision and believing, believing that I have a destiny, believing that everything I'm going to need for my destiny has already been provided, believing when God's called me to do things that I don't have the money for just to be like, okay, well, I got it. I'm rich and acting like I've got money when I don't have any money in my bank accounts anyway, not being moved when my bank accounts go to a different place or I get an unexpected bill. I mean, laughing at these things. Lack is an illusion. Just laughing at the bills, laughing at lack, laughing at the contradiction because Jesus has what Jesus has done is real. Like lack is illegal. Lack is an illusion. And so I just see abundance in the net, in the, in the spirit. I just see the outcome of, oh, it's all been provided. It's not a problem. Like we, we, you know, it's just, you stay in that place of abundance in the spirit and you speak abundance, you speak healing, you speak the things that are true in the spirit. And those things govern the things in the natural. So hopefully you guys, I've made this like super clear today. I tried to just break it down really simple based on a Mark 11, 24, Mark 11, 23. Again, I encourage you to just memorize those scriptures. They're really simple principles, right? Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart will have what he says. Okay. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And just really sit with those scriptures and begin to believe that your words, I mean, you're already doing it. So you know that it works. So if you are manifesting the things that you don't want, well, just be like, wow, I'm a really good manifester. <laughs> I've been manifesting lack for 50 years. <laughs> I've been manifesting disease for 13 years or whatever. You know, the woman with the issue of blood just decided if I touch his garment, I will be made whole. She said it, she said it, and then she acted on it. And she just believed it. And guess what she did? Jesus didn't even know what happened. It wasn't like Jesus was in charge of whether she got healed or not. Right. The seen realm is no respecter of people like it works for the whosoever it works for whatsoever. So just recognize you're already good at doing this. So now it's just time to focus, focus on what you want, speak what you want and notice when unbelief comes up. Just be like, oh, there I am confusing it again. No, 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 no. I say this. I say this lack is an illusion. I say that. And you can say the scripture, right? Just take that stuff captive with scripture. No, Jesus provides all of my need according to his riches and glory. All that heaven contains has already been lavished upon me. I'm a joiner with Jesus. Everything he has, I have. It's just invisible. So in the name of Jesus, manifest. Manifest now in Jesus' name. So when you have this revelation of the two realms, the revelation of Mark 23, Mark 11, 23, Mark 11, 24, let me tell you, this stuff, it becomes fun. You guys, this is like fun in the kingdom. This isn't like life or death, white knuckle it. No, this is fun. It's fun manifesting heaven. You know what? When you know these things, you stop being afraid of anything. Like if you know, hey, heaven can manifest in any situation. I just need to like speak it in alignment with what Jesus is doing and speak it. 
Like you become peaceful because nothing can move you. A storm? Oh, okay. Peace be still. Okay. Not my house. Not today, right? Not today, Satan. No, we just, we recognize that we're not victims. We're not victims of circumstances. We're not victims of doctor's diagnosis. We're not victims of, of unexpected bills. We're not victims of anything, right? No, we are designed to create it. And I'll say this, you guys, this is one of the biggest hindrances to people living and fulfilling their purpose is they look around themselves and they, they lack something. They lack the resources. They lack the connections. They lack something. And so they're a victim to their own purpose. And the truth is, guys, you can have what you say and you can pray and ask and get whatever you ask for. So God bless you guys. Listen to this as many times as you need to. Mark 11, Mark 24, make it simple, make it fun, and just recognize you already know how to do this. You just need to shift your focus, shift your intention, and start speaking something new. All right? God bless you guys. Have a great week. Go and manifest some awesome stuff. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.